Dogs. Dogs. No dogs dogs allowed. Leave that in for Dan. He'll love that. This is the Mini Market Podcast. Welcome back to the Mini Market Podcast. All four guys in the house today, Dalton, Isaiah, Connor, and Lucas. Guys, it's good to be back with you. Great pod last week. Isaiah, how are you doing? Beard is looking fantastic. Ah, thanks, Dalton. Yeah, we got a we got ourselves a regular old dude parade here today, and I'm I'm stoked about it. The dude ranch. Connor, how are you? Feeling good, feeling light. Two a.m. winter night. Ooh, oh, mm-hmm. Psalms eleven. And Lou, have the legs recovered? Uh, a little bit. Finally, a week later, we're starting to feel a little better from skiing. But uh, you know, big heavy wet snow last night here in Mini. So, um, you know. First thing I said to myself, limber up before I went out there, got a couple stretches in. I'm not pulling any obliques, missing spring training or anything. So first thing Lou said this morning was, Dad, are you going to shovel? <laughs> yeah, then I got hit with the shovel. <laughs> <laughs> it's heart attack season. Everyone be careful out there. True. This is some heavy, sticky stuff, too. I'm not going to lie. That's some of the stickiest Clip snow that. I've ever seen. It's crazy. Clip that whole thing right there. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Um, let's circle back. I'll give one free tip on uh, beard care. Uh, two things that you need to buy: beard oil and a uh, boar's hair brush. Very, very important brush, day and night. It's going to keep the dandruff away and uh, keep the flyaways off. You know, as a non-beard owner, if you will, um, I'm a lease. How long does you if you shave to you know if you do a blade shave? How long is the itchy period for you guys? This is obviously directed at Lou and Ike. Um, actually, not itchy for me until it gets starts getting pretty long. I don't get the itchy oh. like scruff. So it's not like a tweener thing that's itchy so much. Not for me. I think that's rather uncommon though. Connor, here's the thing. If you had yourself some beard oil and a boar's hairs brush, <laughs> you're not going to get an itchy <laughs> All period. Right. Who, what period not going to get an itchy period. Right yeah. Um, you can buy in now on a case of beard oil and some boar's hairs brushes, and I'll give you guys a great deal. We'll talk Move offline. Ads. Move ads. <laughs> Are we getting money from ads? I call them back on us. Yeah, um, I've been pocketing all the cash. Uh, how do you think I afford all this beard oil? Beard oil. <laughs> what kind do you use? Um. Anyways, do you, so do you? So that's what beard oil is like for is to like keep away from the itchy period, or yeah, it just like keeps your skin moisturized underneath, and uh, and then the brush keeps it from like it like gets the dead skin off of your face, which is what would make it feel itchy. How would you respond to anybody who says things like? Beards are for ugly people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you? What do you guys? I would just you, say this: uh, best smile, Washburn High School, 2013. You tell me if that's ugly. Ooh, Ooh, was, oh, honestly, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I forgot all about that. How, yeah. Is that on your resume? It should uh, be. It's fun facts. It's in Speaks the fun for facts itself, section, though, right? Yes. Yeah. I said, get me, resume. Hey, get me on Zoom. I'll show you in person. <laughs> Add me on LinkedIn. <laughs> All right, let's hop into our first segment. Ike, you've got a you've got a question for the group. Yeah. Um, so I was watching the Wisconsin versus Purdue men's basketball game last week where uh, Wisconsin won and grabbed themselves a share of the Big Ten regular season title. It looked like a really fun atmosphere. Um, game went down to the wire. It was pretty back and forth. Got to, I mean, it was a showcase of two of the more premier players in uh, college basketball right now. Um, but me being the elite sports mind that I am, I had a really important question come out of this game. Um, and that was based on viewing experience. So watching a game at home, what is the best and what is the worst color out option for the fans? So 
when a team does all the all everybody gets a free t-shirt and that they're the entire stadium is going to wear the same color what is the best color for that um just for reference wisconsin was wearing white in this game so it was a white out um lou i'll toss it to you what do you think what's a what's a good color out combo um, I mean, the first one that comes to mind, Penn State, Happy Valley football games, the whiteouts are, it's unmatched, I think, of anyone else. They just do it better than than any other team and any other fan base that I've really seen. Um, part of that is probably the atmosphere is just ballistic and it's everyone's going crazy. And yeah, that's part of it. But I think they just really steer into it and do it really well. Um, <clears throat> worst, I am well, not... Let's just start with, we'll do start our with best. Let's do best okay. first. Let's right. just do best. Connor, I'll throw it to you. Um, yeah, I'm going to piggyback on that, actually. I was thinking the exact same event. Penn State whiteouts are phenomenal. Um, yeah, it's, it, and to me, like that one, for I was struggling with it with a couple others, but it, it feels like the whiteout because another point for me is the stadium seats typically are like dark. And so like when everyone's wearing white, it like to me, it like pops on the screen. And that's part of why it's like delivers a cool viewing experience, which you could also probably argue the opposite. Maybe it pops a little too much. But for me, it's 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 the perfect amount. Mm. I feel like one more thing on that. I think it what makes it kind of cool, too, is when it's like cold games there, too. And like in the later in the fall oh, and then you like too. the breath, the frozen breath just gets adds one more layer to the the charade. Mm, mm-hmm. I love a good white. Dalton, either the resident colorblind member of the podcast. <laughs> what, what do you like? I, I I love a good white. There's no there's no ifs ands or buts. There's no questioning. I'm not sitting there thinking, is this red? Is this green? Is this orange? Is this brown? Is this blue? Is this purple? Is this gray or is this hot pink? I don't know. White. White is white, baby. So I'm all in on the That's white. That's a one year, one hundred percent. I know that is white. And white is right. Is that what you said? <laughs> oh, we're not getting canceled <laughs> yet. I didn't say it. Um, so I, one thing yeah. I will say, when I think like colors out, color out, I think college sports. But I've got to give it up to the Kansas City Chiefs fans. I feel like they go hard with the all red mm-hmm. like almost every week. So that that's cool. I, I like a good pro sports fan base that really gets in on it because that's pretty rare. It's an excellent point. You, NBA you really don't see that. Do a good job too as far as sports specific goes. I feel like the NBA does a lot of the like color outs for like postseason, which is fun. I, I got to say that the one that you guys weren't talking about and Connor, you, you were getting there is the Miami heat run when they had uh, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, the big three Miami heat run. They went white outs all their home games in the finals. Like them playing the Spurs in front of a whiteout was, was pretty electric. It, it just seems like the thing about a color out game is that it just amplifies the energy in the stadium. Yeah. You just know you're in a, it's a big game. You get a free T-shirt, so you're excited. Say, a lot of times you get the free T-shirt. Yep. That's the and, price of admission right mm-hmm. there. So you're pumped up already, and then it's just a classic game, and everybody's cheering in unison as a group. I love it. I will say I am anti-whiteout, um, and that Wisconsin game was a reminder to me that I yeah. don't like the way that it looks, and uh, I think it's because it, it lacked contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, that game specifically for me was bad. What? Too many white students. No yep. contract. Yep. yep. The court was really light. The the like light wood court, and then an all white like viewing experience, and then the team was wearing white. I just felt like I was just looking at one color the entire game. Uh, it just wasn't working for me. So I was kind of like, I know whiteout is a classic, but I don't know. It it wasn't right for me. And I, and I th- I'm glad you brought up the Chiefs. I'm gonna go generalization. I like a TC. Can is that? Am I allowed to say a TC color out team color? So if you just go no, team no. primary color, I can't say that. No, I can't say that's the best. No, you got to. It's a color out. You got to pick a color. Well, like, but it's like, it's the atmosphere of the like everybody in that one primary color. It's usually so. It's like blue or red, basically. So is the point your, that it has your, to match the uniforms, or just that it's the team's color? It's the team primary color. Everybody's wearing it. Am I, I allowed to like say? It, are we saying no? Is that a cop out? Take every most every color, except for like black, white, and gray, because like a team could be green and do a green out, and you're saying that's the team color. 
isn't white a Wisconsin color? So then wouldn't your one that you didn't like fall under red. the they're red? They're TC. I would is argue red. they're yeah, I would argue they're if you're red and white, your color is red. red. No. You don't get the So we're only you, going primary colors. Okay, okay. Well, no, but like all right. I guess I guess you got a point, Connor. I can't just I like can't Michigan take them all. State. Michigan State. So like they're, they're green. green. They're green. Blue, then maroon, then red, then you know, I'm trying to think of other other university colors. Okay. All right. You know what? I'll, I'll take it all the way back. I'll say my fave is I like a blackout because I like it when the audience is not the primary feature of a game. I like to hear them. It's very important for me to hear them. So I like when they're mic'd up and you get to hear the crowd, but I don't want to see the crowd. I'm not, I chose not to go to the game because I want to watch the game, not watch the crowd. So I like blackout because it's that Madison Square Garden vibe or like Staples Center vibe. Those are two of the more iconic uh, arenas and sports. Why is it? It's because they keep the lights down low in the audience. You don't have to look at all those ugly faces. You just get to see the beautiful ones playing basketball or hockey or whatever the sport is. So I like a blackout for that reason. They kind of can, they're all in unison. So nobody stands out and they mute themselves into the background, but they still get that same energetic boost in the stadium. There you go. If I can't have team color, I'll go blackout. Um, uh, what do we feel about the neon? How do we feel about it? Like if a team goes neon in, in the stands, don't like neon. No, I, not I, particularly. Not, I'm not a huge fan. So I, I was going to say, if I can just roll that a little bit into my worst, a yellow out is the worst or gold out to me like that. Oh, just ugly. Gold's such a bad color. And I feel like there's certain colors where, if two people aren't wearing the right color, they stick out Ooh. so much. Big pump, and to big me, that, a, a lot of times that, that could be white, but yellow is just one where you're not going to get everyone to buy in on because the amount of people that look good in yellow, which a lot of people care about when they're going to like a sporting event, that's how they look, um, is slim. Right? There's not a lot of people that are like, oh my God, yellow is my color. I'm walking around looking like the sun over here, bitches. But um, I was going to say one of one of my least favorite actually was black. So it's funny that Isaiah chose that as white because to me, it is just like I, I like seeing the difference. And I think a lot of people wear like dark black or dark brown colors to events anyways. So like there's less of a change when you do a blackout than if you do like a white out or like a blue out or a red out. So but yellow out the worst, in my opinion. And that tri- tri- sorry tied together. That's where neon was heading for me. Like, okay, neon yellow or even the goldish, like less neony, not great. You you don't like like that feeling of it's a field of wheat just moving in the <laughs> swaying swaying in the breeze. The what is that uh, Greek mythology's heaven essentially is a a field of wheat, golden yep. field of wheat. That's not for you, Connor. That's not no, for you. No, not for me. Okay, all right, Lou. Uh. I gotta take the same one, the one that really came to mind. That oh, makes real me creative! Yeah. Be Michigan fun. chalk. Michigan basketball chalk. was the specific one when they all wear yellow and the co- the players are wearing yellow. It just makes me want to puke, dude. I hate it. That just swayed me back the other way. I was kind of with Connor when he was talking about yellow and the golds and how it wasn't it good. Was. But those that Michigan run when they were good with the gold and gold that was sick. Actually, I kind of uh, like that. No, it was popping fresh. <laughs> Um, one question for the yellow haters in the group. How do you think, how do you feel about like the, uh, Pittsburgh terrible towels? So it's, everybody's not wearing the color, but they all have it and they're waving that yellow. I kind of think that looks cool. I think that's better because the majority of those people are wearing the black color as well, or like mostly black or mostly dark. So it it bounces it. it, Like we said, it contrasts well versus every single person wearing a yellow, bright yellow shirt is just. That's to too much point, for me. It's the contrast there that makes that look super cool too. Mm-hmm. And just like get out there whipping it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. So the towels, it just fun. gives it, it has a special it spot in my heart, I think, because of the Homer Hankies back in the day. Big that Homer I never Hankey really guy. witnessed, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them. People have had them. I've seen them. They're out there, folks. Dalt, your worst color? I can't I can't name one. Because if I name one, I have to name like four. If I don't like red, then that means I also don't like green, green brown. And I don't want I don't want to put too many in the in the doghouse. So uh, I like yeah, them all. Yeah. When I read this on the prep sheet, <laughs> I thought of 
that Jets, I think it was Jets Bills game where they were all green and all red. And I was like, that is by far the worst viewing experience of Dalton's life. Oh, it was horrible. (laughs) It was horrible. Yeah, that was, that's a tough one. Um, it's, it's close to who was it that wore? It was like, uh, Rams and somebody else. So it was like the Rams wore those like piss yellow jerseys head to toe. And I think it was Jaguars wore like the green, their weird green head to toe. That was tough. That was a really bad game. Yeah. (laughs) I, what did you say? What yours, your worst one was? Um, I don't like the Brown, like if the, the Browns are doing stuff. I just think it looks kind of like dumpy. Um, Do I really people don't wear like brown. Con- Connor said people wear black or brown to sporting events. Are people out there in like their suit, like my brown slacks, my nice brown slacks? I don't think I've ever seen anyone in brown. Think, maybe just, I'm just missing it. I was just thinking of dark colors and brown came to mind. But I think a lot of people wear like dark colors to sporting events, whether it's like really dark blue or dark black or dark brown. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was gonna say, what do we think of a gray out? Like, I maybe that's never seen a, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I was thinking about that. Like, I like the color gray a lot. Maybe bring that. Yeah. Well, that it, you have some influence. I, I feel like the wave was missed. As a sweater, I. <laughs> Good one, though. Uh, I feel like the wave was missed because there was that trend in college sports for a while where everybody had a gray alternate jersey and like nobody like did a gray out had, then. had one of the better ones. Yeah. And so if you didn't do it then, when are you going to do it? No creativity. It's, not it's yeah. a shame. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's all I had for that one. Um, just a, just something that popped into my head while I was watching some good college basketball. Whooper. So, do we want to talk a little baseball? Not a lot going on. I don't know. Do we? In terms of the game, but a lot going on off off the field. It's a sad time to be a baseball fan. I think everyone wants to see this resolved, but nobody thinks it's going to be resolved. MLB has already canceled a week of games, first two series of the season. Still a long way to go by all accounts in terms of the Players Association and the league matching each other, striking a deal. How do we feel, guys? Lou, how are you feeling about this baseball season? I mean, it's it's not looking good right now. The players, the like more power to them right now because like they just seem like they know exactly what they want to fight for. They know what they need, what's best for them, and they're pretty much, from what I can tell, sticking to their guns. Um, the other big headline that came out that I that I just think is hilarious, but actually not really hilarious, um, but it made me laugh. Manfred smiling, got a big old smile when he comes out to the cancellation press conference. And then there's another picture of him surface when they were saying they're like diligently in these harsh negotiations. He's just like off to the side, like practicing his golf swing without a club in his hand. I thought that was just super <laughs> funny. Um, and it made me realize like, no one really likes any of the commissioners, right? Like, how do you become these guys? <laughs> like, is it just like Dude, a very different Adam topic? Silver, but like, like relatively respected, though. I think Adam Silver, like people like him. Yeah, like, that's true. But, people do like Silver. Roger Goodell. Yeah. Okay. So it's definitely Manfred and Goodell. And just, <laughs> I mean, there's a reason nobody likes them. It's because they yeah. serve the ownership. They're right. not. Yeah. They're not for the players or for the fans necessarily. They serve the interest of the owner, and their job essentially, like, is to be a punching bag and just get paid a ton of money for it. So I would 100% take that job. I would oh, be yeah. like, I would love to just open up Twitter every day and be like, "This guy sucks. He's the worst. Boo him. Boo him." And have 100% satisfaction from my employers. And you know, vacation in the Alps in the winter and uh, in Capri in the summer. I mean, he's, I'd have he's, no problem doing that, right? Manfred's probably getting paid either way right now, whether it's a season or not, huh? For sure. Yeah, All this hard negotiating he's doing, he's definitely pulling in some paper, dragging out. I did hear an explanation uh, about the the reason he was smiling at that press conference. Apparently, the the guy that asked the question was like. Uh, really like old time writer that was retiring this year. So he was kind of giving him like a, a kudos to on a good career before he, yeah, mm. that's, that's just what I heard. PR but, team getting in getting yeah. that one in there quick. <laughs> yeah. Look it out boys. Sid Hartman. RIP. Rip. Um, don't, I'd like to hop in on this one. I'm actually out on the MLB right now. Like, like I don't, I'm not like that concerned with it coming back. This is a sad realization by the way I've had. Like I'm I, I'm honestly kind of leaning in more towards Division One baseball. 
like getting getting more attention to that right now, at least from a like social media standpoint, I think it's a lot of fun. Like my, at least my feed is like blowing up with like, you know, the NC State guy who's just hitting tanks left and right. And like, I feel like the MLB I'm like over right now. Like, and I, I'm not trying to say it's a negative. I'm not trying to be negative to the players because I understand what they're doing. That's this is what this sort of thing happens when you're like the oldest league. Like you said, it's not set up right for the individual because they're not they weren't anticipating players making millions of dollars so they didn't do it properly for the players whatever and they're fighting that and they should be but like this not having the mlb like starting now or like training camp going on like it just makes me more disinterested in the mlb which is sad but it's a real realization that i had and that's the huge huge problem because you're in the top 10% of baseball fans in the country, right? Like all of us played college baseball at some point, all of us love baseball. If you're sitting here saying I'm kind of out on it, I'm going other right. ways. My attention is going elsewhere. What's the casual fan doing? I mean, th- this oh, has it's potential bad. to really hurt the sport in the long run. Yeah. I was thinking too, like, yeah, we had like a fairly normal season last year, but the year before we had what 60 games. And so it's like, we haven't really gotten into like, Someone told me, it was like, pitchers and catchers are supposed to report, everyone knows that guy, on Tuesday after the Super Bowl, right? And I was like, what? It feels way too early. Like, I'm used to baseball, like, not even close yet. But, I mean, I I feel like we just haven't seen it. Like, it hasn't really been very relevant for the past few years because of this pandemic thing, but... Baseball's done a really bad job in general of marketing. I mean, you think of like their biggest stars. You think of Mike Trout, who's one of the greatest players of all time, according to most people who follow the game could the average american pick mike trout out of a lineup i don't think so and you look at the other sports and you look at their biggest stars like people their faces are everywhere but mike trout bryce harper these big names you know clayton kershaw whoever you want to say who's been big in the last 10 years like they're just not household names and it, it's it's kind of a testament to mlb's mismanagement i mean they're they're of course a popular sport but it's like long term you need to have some faces that are you know, putting, putting jerseys on backs, putting the game in people's TVs. I don't know. When I walk around, I see a lot more people wearing NBA, NFL shirts than like an MLB jersey. When I see someone wearing a baseball jersey, I'm like, oh, hey, that's cool. It's like unique almost. Yeah, I saw yeah, something. for you, man. That's brave. <laughs> <laughs> I saw something about like the trout popularity thing. Like I saw he has like, say, 1.4 million Twitter followers or something. And it was, I think it was Tyler Hero. I see on the heat, maybe. Yeah. Yep. Um, he's like a, like, he's not a nobody, but he's like compared to Mike Trout being basically the face of the MLB for most people. He has like twice, almost three times as many followers. People are going crazy because he had a 20 point game or something. And Mike Trout's just like, who? <laughs> well, I mean, Jack Harlow didn't write a song called Mike Trout. So, no, that it is nuts. It's just like I mean, I mean, it also is that there's like a smaller percentage of people in like basketball. Like basketball has so many advantages for the modern way that like people consume sports versus baseball. One of it, a smaller roster size does benefit like being able to know the average person. But Mike Trout should be infinitely more popular than he is. The sad realization that I had this week was. Now that the Saints are a affiliate of the Minnesota Twins and not an independent team, if the lockout right. goes like continues and like goes into the summer, no Saints games either. That's a real no, bummer. No, they're different. Um, they they can have, play. They don't have a players association in minor league, so they're they're good to go. Oh, let's go. All right, they're, yeah. they're just oh, right, well, let's good. go. I'm fine. On the I'm Saints, fine. Yeah. Baby. Wait, I thought they were negotiating on behalf of minor league minor players. League and players. Stuff too. That's part of it. It definitely is, but but they're gonna get to play. They're they're in spring training right now. As long as yeah. you're not on the roster, oh, so sick. like okay, it, it'll be the I'm Saints without anyone on the forty man. So there won't be like okay, so or I don't care. Cut everyone from the cut everyone from the team and let's just have our team down there. Let's just have the Twins play in St. Paul for a little bit till they get this figured out, and we re-add everyone to the forty man. I like it, Lou. You do like a um an underground MLB. So all the teams do that. So so everybody knows like wink, wink, triple A is actually where all the players are. A lot of injuries for 
for everyone right now. Yeah. Everyone's going to rehab mm-hmm. down in mm-hmm. AAA. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, got a little something with my rotator cuff. Going to have to do some relief innings down there in AAA. Long rehab stint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my ankle doesn't quite feel right. Yeah, I like it, Lou. Minneapolis verbal meme here. Downtown's kind of the, the downtown nightlife. That's kind of the majors. And West End's kind of the new trendy um, AAA. Is that going to take over the downtown scene because it's kind of its own little thing over there? Um, I don't know. Could be. Something to watch. Okay, we're going to pivot to basketball now. Mike? God. Wolves are riding hot. Hottest ticket in town. Cat had a huge night last night. I'll throw it to you. Yeah. Uh Wolves are seven and three in their last 10, six and two in their last eight, one four in a row. The important thing about that six and two in their last eight was that those are eight straight games built in back to back. So four back to backs, all star break in the middle, but um, a kind of insane amount of back to backs for a league that has very few. Um, and the Timberwolves fared much better than they generally do in back to backs, which was really, really uh, good to see from this club, something that's kind of been a little bit new for us as fans to see that. Um, yeah, you called out Carl uh, Anthony Towns' big night last night against Portland, a big 14-point win there. Cat um, goes off for 36-15-5. He didn't have any turnovers, and he shot over 75%. Here's your fun fact of the day. He's the only player since turnovers were a stat to have that stat line. Or better, which is kind of crazy. Dalt is giving me a face. How do you feel about stats, Dalt? I love stats. It's just like throws shoe size in there. What else do we want to throw in there to really pigeonhole him into the only person who's ever done this? Only which guy. city was he in? Yeah. What only- team was he playing against the, the Trailblazers, mm-hmm. no less? Mm-hmm. And uh, can you name another person who's done it? I'll wait. I can't. I'll wait. No. <laughs> um, the, uh, so I was in attendance for this game. It was an electric atmosphere. It was actually another reminder of the fun things that can happen with colors and sports. Um, Timberwolves were wearing their lime green jerseys, which we don't have to talk about those. Uh, but they gave out little uh, thunder sticks. You guys remember thunder sticks? Yes. The little like inflatable. Yeah, you whap them together. They make like a pinging noise. It's like, Hell yeah. <laughs> so they gave them out to anybody sitting in that air section behind either basket to try to distract for free throws. Um, and they were also lime green. And I'm not generally a fan of like the sharp colors in professional leagues like that, but these little thunder sticks cl- clapping together in this lime green fashion, it, it was so great. It was so fun. They looked like little antennas of bugs just going ping, 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 ping. Um, so that was a ton of fun. Um, it, just an overall great viewing experience. Had a, a guy, two, like a section up, who was relentlessly yelling at the team to play defense like nonstop and his favorite time to do it, his favorite time to do it, which was so funny to me was uh, when we were shooting free throws. So it, he, he like knew it'd be quiet enough that like Finally nobody. Action. So he's <laughs> yelling, we are shooting free throws. We he's are yelling shoot- for Timberwolves, are shooting the Timberwolves to play yeah. better defense. Yes. It was great. It was like, I'm like, he really wanted to get his message across. And I think he figured out the optimal way to do it because it'd be quiet. They'd make the free throw. It'd be those like kind of polite claps that you do when a guy makes a free throw. And then you just hear, hey, still gonna play defense though. Play better defense. And then he'd make the second one. He's, I don't care about that. You gotta play defense. <laughs> no, that Every guy's competing locally. Time. He his voice was gone. And I was like, I think he's gonna get thrown out. Um, but his his cheering got a little bit more positive towards the end of the game. They'd get a stop and he'd go, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Playing defense. Was this guy in the upper deck? I thought he was, but he actually wasn't. He was in the lower deck, just kind of at that, you know, where like you come into the concourse and you're yeah. in the lower deck, you can go down or up. Just like, a, it's like a half section. If you go up, he was at the front row of that half section. <laughs> so he had like a lot of like, I don't know. His voice really projected from there. So that was super funny to me. He was just nonstop. He'd be like, you got it. Only cared about defense the entire night. And he had a point like they were an absolute sieve for like three and a half quarters against the Portland Trailblazers, who are not a good basketball team right now. So he did have a point. 
And he finally got him to start playing some defense. And that's how they won the game. So I don't know if Chris Finch is looking to hire any assistant coaches, but I would like to toss this guy's hat into the ring. One question about him. What did you catch what he was wearing? I'm dying to know. <laughs> Like, did he have a no, okay, so you, you guys are going to think I'm making this up. You're, you're going to think I'm making it up. He was wearing brown. <laughs> he had, brown he had no a brown way. jacket and black underneath it. And you're going to think I'm making that up, but I'm not lying. That's what he was wearing. A lot of people are wearing black and brown to games, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is spectacular. Uh, so he I was my stuff on Twitter about how, how electric the atmosphere was. So I'm glad you got to be there, Ike, and I'm glad you got to talk about that because Twitter was blowing up about it. Like everyone, it was super, that's super what a, that's what an NBA game should be like. It was really fun. Like there were, and there were a lot of plays that kind of got you out of your seat. Like a lot of and ones, big threes. Like and the fact that the game was tight the entire way until we like took off in the like later half of the fourth quarter it kind of make like it was this nervous energy of like is this really happening we're gonna lose the trail trailblazers tonight but it you know it being a back and forth kind of shootout type game lended to it being a more electric atmosphere in general um so that guy was my 1a for fans in the stadium my 1b was a guy in my section in my row uh, Sheila and I were there and he was two seats to the left of us sitting by himself. He went to the game by himself. You know, I go to a movie by myself every once in a while. I'm not going to make fun of him. I'm Nothing not going to make fun of this guy. Maybe somebody canceled on him late. Maybe he just wanted to go by himself. Big Doesn't fan. matter. He's a big you, fan. But you just need to know he was by himself. He was wearing a remix it jersey. So pretty cool. Um, but funny thing happened in this game early on. There, there was like a few. There's a smattering of Blazers fans at the game. Um, and early on, Jalen Noel goes into the game and I think he missed a shot, like one of his first shots, he missed it. And some guy, it's quiet, uh, not the guy, but another guy goes like, send him back to the G League where he belongs. Noel's nothing. Just like yells it out from like, uh, like a section over, row, like a couple rows up. So that's like, it sets the tone for the game of like this one dude out there doesn't like Jalen Noel. Well, Lo and behold, Malik Beasley gets ejected from this game. We're already shorthanded We're without Edwards, without uh, Beverly. So it's Jalen Noel time. And he, I mean, talk about stand up and deliver. He stood up and delivered, had an absolutely great game. Um, he was like a key piece of the win. He had 22 points, tons of and ones. He was, he was shooting it light out, lights out from three. Um, and the best part about it, every single time Jalen Noel had a good play or made a bucket, this scrawny ass dude to my left would stand up and point back at where he <laughs> thought the guy yelled the thing from and just stare at him for like 30 seconds every single time and with his fingers still out. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single, every single time. I think he had 10, 11 made buckets. And every single time this guy stood up, stared, puffed his little chest out and pointed back. And that, towards the end, still belongs in the G League. That's what he said. I was like, guy, I'm like, guy, if you want, like, what is this? Are you actually trying to fight or are you just like bored right now? You're alone. Who you, who you acting tough for? Um, like, because it seemed like he had that energy of like he was ready to fight, but he never made any strides towards going back there. We all knew who the guy was who yelled it because we all looked at him when he yelled it to start the game. So he easily could have picked out the guy and been like, hey, man, still belongs in the G League. Um, but he, he didn't move a muscle beyond the pointing of the finger. And I thought it was I mean, it was it was one of the best things I've ever seen at a game. Just like this guy acting tough for nobody, just himself uh, and making no motion to fight. And I like I said, I would have paid to see this guy fight. He was thin. Uh, pretty tall, might have had some reach, but I don't anticipate he would have done well in the fight. And I really can't tell you what the other person looked like. It's wearing brown, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, great, great viewing experience. Uh, good energy from the crowd. Um, thunder sticks, a couple of guys yelling. That's why you go to games. That's why you go to games. I love the thunder sticks. I had a pair of those yeah. when I was young and it, even I took them home around my house. I was slapping them together. My parents were not happy, but just <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Kind of off of those. Do they still have the foam 
claw. Mm, haven't seen that in a long time. I used to have one of those. I got yeah. one one of my first Timberwolves games. I cherished that thing. I had it hung up in my room until it basically disintegrated. <laughs> but oh, those were those were cool. Yeah, they weren't those, just the regular foam finger. No, those were pretty electric. You really felt like tough if you had that thing. Yeah. Imagine if that guy would yeah. Oh, <laughs> then he would have been fighting for real. <laughs> fighting for real. One other foam, speaking of parents not liking the thunder sticks, there was a, like a nine-year-old kid one row back from his mom just drumming on the top of her head with thunder sticks oh, for no. like three minutes straight, just <laughs> drumming on her head. <laughs> She was just beaten down by that point. <laughs> She's like, I just, it's the fourth quarter. I just want to get out of here. <laughs> That's oh, we did thunder sticks at a football game this fall, and it was electric as well. Like kids were popping them left and right. And they would just be like, you have more, you have more, you have more. And it was raucous. Like those things actually add a lot to the environment. So that sounds like a fun game, man. Yeah, it, it was, a, it was a good time. It was a great game. So, like, we haven't talked wolves in a little bit. So, I wanted to went on to throw some things out for you. Get your take. Get Luz and Connor's take as well. So, going all the way back to the deadline, the wolves stood pat. Leading up to the deadline, we were kind of like, okay, I think it's all right to let the team ride. Just sort of see what we have, assess, and go from there. But it got me thinking, like, when are the wolves actually looking to compete? They're, they're not going to make a deep run in the playoffs this year, barring some unforeseen miracle. I mean, the, the West is the really top-heavy. The Wolves are going to have to go through like the Suns or the Warriors. But you look at the contract statuses of the guys that the Wolves have right now. D'Lo's on, only under control for one more year, and all accounts are that he wants at least the same amount of money he's making right now. He's the ninth-highest paid point guard in the league. He's currently on a max deal. Then we've got guys like Cat. Two more seasons left for him. Then some of the guys who are on very cheap contracts right now, Vando, McDaniels, two more seasons for them before they're going to start to make more money. Right now they're on very affordable deals for the value they're providing. And then Ant, two more seasons for him as well. So you look in like, we have basically two more seasons before Ant's going to get a huge pay raise. If they want to keep Vanderbilt and McDaniels around, they're both going to get big pay raises. Then there's guys like Cat and D'Lo who are going to need to keep making all that money. So if they're if the Wolves want to really make a run, it's got to be in these next two seasons, right? Because otherwise they're going to be either letting D'Lo walk, or they're going to have three max guys in D'Lo, Cat, and Ant. And there are very few teams in the NBA that can actually be effective with three max players because that takes up like eighty percent of your salary cap, and you need like two top ten guys. And as much as I love Cat, as much as I love Ant, like. I don't know if they're the kind of guys you can really build around as only a big three and then a bunch of minimum dudes. So I didn't love that they re-signed Pat Bev because I was hoping honestly that they would bring back, bring in someone in the off season who could take over for D'Lo. Someone like someone who's a point guard who can play off ball a little bit. I was thinking the guy from uh, Dallas Jalen Brunson, yeah, he's like looking Jaylen for like Brunson. 20 million a year. I think he would have been a perfect guy to bring in. He could play sort of the Pat Bev role right now, play that next season, and then maybe let D'Lo walk or trade him at the deadline or something. I don't know. I just, what do you think long-term in terms of the, the Wolves' big three? Like they're going to have to extend Cat or D'Lo or maybe both. And then Ant is obviously going to be re-signed. But I just don't see how they can do all three. And then it seems like that means D'Lo is going to be the short man. I mean, the guy who sort of gets the short end of the stick and has to go fight his way into the free agency. Um, yeah, I, th I think you make good points about like guys like McDaniels and Vanderbilt and how it's going to be tricky to be able to pay them uh, if you do end up with three max guys on your team. Um, I I think in general, as as hard as it is to say right now, that type of player is replaceable. Like you, Vanderbilt, you're not going to overpay for him. Somebody let somebody else overpay for him and find another guy who's going to rebound and like set screens and play defense. And and same thing with McDaniel's. Like you're probably going to try to pay McDaniel's, keep him around if you can. But I think like teams in the NBA, it's not the deepest team that wins. It's like the top. If you have an elite top half of your team, that's those are the teams that win in the NBA. So I think you just have to kind of bite the bullet a little bit and pay people. The thing with D'Lo is I think if you can get 
if if you're not worried about Cat being like, oh, if you, you know, if you don't sign him, I'm not going to resign. If if you're not worried about that, I think you do have to let D'Lo go. Um, which is hard to say because he has been an important piece of like the culture that's building here. Uh, I think he's he's done a lot of things to improve his game and to fit it into uh, what the Timberwolves would need him to be and need him to do. Um, but I just don't, like you said, I don't think he's an el- like elite, elite player. And is he necessarily worth that amount of money? Um, the only other thing is, is the cap going to go up? Isn't it? The cap is going to go up. Yeah, it's projected to increase... Uh, let's see here. I wrote it down. 8.5. I think you have. Yeah. It's a projected increase about 8.5 million with the, the new TV deal. So there will be a little bit of extra money floating around there. So that helps a little bit, but it's not like totally influential, but yeah. Yeah. So do you think that means that the wolves is next year, their year then where they've got both D'Lo and cat and ant is next year, their year. Uh, no, I, I, I really think if you have cat and you have ant together, you have a much larger window. Like that, that's my point about guys like Vanderbilt and McDaniels is like, they are largely more replaceable and you can find other people that will fill in those cracks. If you have your top two or three guys really buttoned down. So the, the question is, is D'Lo a member of a really, really good top three? I don't think so. I know he's done a lot of really good things in terms of his defense and how he's developed and he's kind of this leader on defense. But if you watch Wolves games and like night in, night out, it always feels like the most random guy kind of goes off against the Timberwolves. Um, And so I was like, well, how is this dude scoring against the Wolves? How does this guy have that many rebounds? If you're watching the game, it's usually the guy that's in the corner that D'Lo is supposed to be guarding that's back cutting behind him when he's calling out like defensive strategies or losing focus or rebounding off of him. Like a lot of like one of the Memphis games early on when the Wolves got pumped, uh, Brandon Clark went off and I was watching it. D'Lo was the guy who was supposed to be guarding him the entire game. I'm pretty sure he had like nine lob dunks on baseline cuts behind D'Lo. And I think that kind of stuff is happening a lot. So like even as many strides as he's made, I still don't know if he's necessarily like, like you said, a, a top, top player in the NBA. The only thing I worry about long-term if we lean into the ant and cat window is do we love ant now, but when he's making 35 million a year, do some of his warts start to rub you the wrong way? Is it like an Andrew Wiggins situation or once he gets the money, you start saying, well, he doesn't play defense. Well, he doesn't rebound as much as he should. Well, he, he gets a little complacent time to time. I just worry a little bit about that. So with that said, I want to throw a mock trade out there. Oh, to really condense the wolves window and try to push for a championship. So this off season, what if the wolves packaged Malik Beasley? I'm interested. Josh Okoge, if they extended the qualifying offer to him and he accepts, which he probably would. And Anthony Edwards for LeBron James. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, LeBron is clearly unhappy in LA. He only has one year left on his deal. Everyone's thinking LeBron might leave LA high and dry. LA has sold all their draft picks, all their young players to help LeBron out. When he leaves, they're going to be SOL. So you say, hey, LA, how about we give you a new star? You can have Ant. Malik Beasley. (laughs) And big time Showtime Malik. Bingo. And we'll take LeBron. Next year, we run it with LeBron, Cat, and D'Lo for one season, push for a title. And then people forget we get LeBron, LeBron. we get Bronny, right? Only you a matter of time. You don't want Bronny. I did not expect you to say LeBron James. I mean, completely. <laughs> he was that, the last. That trade goes through on the say. trade machine, by the way. That's that's not, true, that's not me. That's so not me true. throwing out random stuff. That trade goes through. The one thing that I'm going to say and just I give Ike some time to think and and have a rebuttal there or figure out what he wants to say is um, I I, the one reason why I do like that and not that there's like a ton one way or the other. It's just like I, I worry about the Minnesota Twins effect where like. You're, you're like, oh, we're going to get in this window. We're going to get in this window. And then all of a sudden, like the window closes before you even know you're in it type of thing. 
And that's what it feels like with the timber or with the uh, with the twins in the like three years ago. We're like we have the good season. We think we're going to be on this little stretch, and then all of a sudden pieces start falling apart. And it's a little different in the NBA. Like just sustained success is a little more common, but um, it's just one of those things that's nerve wracking. We're like if we sign one of these guys to the big deal, the super max, and then they don't end up. Um, you know, if Ant decides he wants to stop playing defense or whatever, like then the whole thing just spirals out of control and we don't have our window. And our window was this year, maybe, you know. That's the one fearful thing for me about windows in general in professional athletics is like they can close so much faster than you think for a random reason. Um, and so LeBron, can't wait to meet you. <laughs> I I kind of like the idea of LeBron as like just this mercenary that goes and wins titles for teams that in like cities that haven't won in like a really long time. He just like that's his. He's just got a bucket list of of teams that he wants to like cities he wants to bring championships to. Um, I'd imagine Minnesota, Minneapolis would be next on that list. The Wizards, um, yeah. But uh, this the my question. I'll ask you a question to help us answer this question is I think we've talked about it in the past but are you in your lifetime willing to accept one championship for a like infinite amount of losing after that so you just get one championship in your life and your team is trash for the rest of your life are you okay with that or do you want a team that is um, going to be in the playoff like do you want the Twins, who are kind of always on that fringe, always in the playoffs? Do you want the Vikings, always on that fringe, always in the playoffs? Or do you want the Timberwolves to be a team that wins a championship and then is what we've seen the Timberwolves be for the last 15 years for the rest of your life? That's my question. Connor. I, th- I think the thing about that one is, you know, I think if I had to project, I think Lucas and I, choose one championship like, you know what I mean? like the more fair weather fans the more the less like locked in fans are like hell yeah let's get the parade going let's start boozing let's enjoy this awesome experience and then like the next 20 years we, we you know we're kind of in and out like we have like i've i feel like i know i have been in probably lucas the last 10 years where you're kind of like when they get hot you're interested and when they suck you're like well that's the wolves i would think for you guys it would be the opposite where like Think of teams like the Jazz and the Nuggets where it's like they've had... I bet fandom for those teams for like diehards have been so fun the last five years where they're like, you see the growth, you see it come to fruition, and now you're like, we have a chance maybe to win a title, but we're always going to be like right in the mix, which there leads to some heartbreak we've seen with the Vikings, but I, that, that would be my prediction of how this would splice down, but I'm curious to get Dalton's piece because he might be all in on the title. Here's the thing in this scenario. You could sign D'Lo to an extension too, where then you'd have one year of LeBron and then extend Cat and D'Lo and just say, all right, we'll ride with these two, try to build around them. So you're not necessarily going one year and then back. No, no back that doesn't. Nothing. Mm-mm. You're, 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 mm-hmm. you're, no. Yeah, you'd be that, in that contention for the play in tournament. Uh uh-uh, uh, that doesn't happen with LeBron. He, that, that does not happen LeBron with leaves. LeBron. No, no, he he makes you maximize your winning potential for that one season every single time. He'll make you trade all your picks, all your players for guys that he wants for for the team that he thinks will win a title. And I guarantee you D'Lo is not on his list of guys that he thinks could help him win a title. So he'd be gone. I guarantee it. That's my thing with LeBron. Like You've seen what he did, did to Cleveland. You, he's doing it right now to LA. There's a reason he's leaving these teams high and dry. It's because he absolutely says 100%, if you don't do everything that I want to help us win a championship, I'll leave. But and he then is leaving, so you don't have to do no, what he uh, says. No, but you do. Eventually, then Not you realize... The like. Eventually you realize like, oh shit, like we got nothing. Uh, he's going to leave now because he's made us make too many bad moves and now we're in a bad spot and he knows it and he's going to leave. So then you stop. But right away, you'll do it. But the, but the Wolves are not in the same spot as the Lakers and the Cavs because the Lakers and the Cavs were trying to keep LeBron. The Wolves know LeBron's a one-year rental. They don't have to trade everyone because they know LeBron's walking after the season whether they do what LeBron says or not. Uh, I, and so the, he also does the thing where if you're not doing what he wants, he stops playing. So like if you think if you think he's going to going to keep playing at a LeBron level when you're not doing the things that he wants you to be doing, that doesn't happen either. 
I, I do because I think time's running out for LeBron where he wants to win titles and he doesn't have that many more seasons to just cash oh. it in when he's got exactly next to him. He, exactly. He can't, that, he can't just sit around like he no. So he, if he comes in for one year and is like, I want to win a title this year, you need to trade future picks and players that I don't like right now for guys that I do like that I think can win. And you know that list of guys, they're all fucking washed. They're all bad. They're always they always have been bad. He always surrounds himself with bad people because he can't figure it out. So I don't, I don't think you get a LeBron scenario ever where he doesn't w- want to call the shots, even if it's a one-year deal. Yeah, but I don't think you have to listen to him if you're the Wolves because you know he's, he's leaving either way. He'd I don't think he would. How many seasons does he have left? He I just don't punted think... this year. Ah, He didn't, though, coming, coming into the year. Yeah, but he punted really quick. I'd, I'd, I think if you looked and said, okay, I've got Carl Anthony Towns and I've got a point guard who... If I have Anthony uh, Davis and I've got an a, like a, a Russ, you know, D'Lo could be comparable in terms of point guards. You'd say uh, over their career, Russ would be better than D'Lo. The things yeah, that he's done, the stats that he's put up. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, like, if he doesn't like the way that that dude's playing, he's shipping him immediately for a guy that he thinks would be better. So you'd end up with John Wall on a bad contract. And you might no. Like, I just disagree. I totally it. disagree. You, you think Cat would love playing with LeBron? No chance. I no think chance. so. If they're winning, I think they would be uh-uh. having a great old time. Uh-uh. He was winning, winning when he had Jimmy Butler here. He was winning and he hated it. He was miserable. It took him like three years to recover. Because Jimmy sunned Cat. I don't. I don't think LeBron would have to do that. I like, think I, he would. I, <laughs> he would, man. I really do. Like, I think he would batter him. I don't think they would get along. Hmm. I don't think so. I'm going to the approval button if I'm the the Wolves GM and I'm I'm getting LeBron if I could do that trade. Uh, I would hate it. I would absolutely. I like LeBron. I would hate it. I'd be miserable, miserable. It'd be a great freaking season, but I'd be miserable. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I would have if you had told if you had offered this trade to me last year, I'd have taken it in a heartbeat. But feeling what it feels like to to root for a team that actually feels like it has a plan that actually feels like it's doing something that actually feels like it's moving in the right direction where like every game has a reason to tune in. I feel like that is a lot of fun coming off of 17 years of just absolute trash where you like never tune in. It's never a fun atmosphere. If you go to the game, it really doesn't matter if you win any regular season games or not. There's no future for the team. It's just like, that isn't fun. And I, I've, I would normally be like, yes, I'll take the championship for the infinite amount of losing. But I think I've, this team has changed my heart, man. It's changed my heart. <laughs> Just to get crushed again. I'll take it. I'll take the hurt. But I don't know. I just worry because if they don't win next year, then then D'Lo is probably gone. And then you're like, is a cat-ant duo enough to really take us somewhere i don't know so that's why i'm wondering do we just try to push everything into one season i do get your points like there would be a lot of risk in bringing lebron here but (laughs) i don't know i think i I would do it if i could the question i i the other question is like is he enough now like it used to be uh 56 points yeah but (laughs) to eke out a win against golden state without draymond green like i'm I'm serious. Like, is he enough now? Like, is it, does it even guarantee you a championship or does that team max out? They lose in the Western conference finals or not even that. That's yeah, the other piece I, of I it. Know. Cause if it was five years ago, you're like, yeah, we're going to the title game. Like we're going to get to the finals and we're probably going to win. But now it's like, we, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? Well, we'll leave it at that for this week's mini market podcast. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll be back again next week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at MiniMarketPod. Peace. Go Wolves. I'll never get those 20 minutes back in my life. <laughs>